Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. Well, hello, friends. It's so good to be with you. We are starting a new sermon series around here, and it is called Rhythm and Blues. Yeah, some excitement. Yes, it's exciting. Yes, Carrie made this fantastic um, image here and and put the image from Blues Alley right here in our neighborhood. And this is going to be a six-week series. And so you might think, oh, wow, six weeks of a series. Is that too long? But to answer that question, I have thought through this myself, and I don't think it's too long. I think it's going to be plenty of time for us to dive into the rich uh, tradition of music in this neighborhood and music in our lives and the song and the music that God is singing to us. And so I hope that you'll be present I hope that you will enjoy this, this series. And for those of you that attended Music Bingo, um, you didn't even know you were part of research for the sermon series. And yes, of course, that's the only reason I attended. It was just to research the Music Bingo. Um, but music is a pillar of light. It's a, it's a pillar of who this community is. It's an ongoing part of who we are, who you have been in the past, and who we will be together. And so I'm very excited for this series. Today we're starting with Psalm 49, and I'm coming to you with a message called The Music to Our Ears. Have you ever wondered if Jesus sang? Have you ever wondered if he tapped his feet to the rhythm or got swept up in his favorite hymn or in a night of feeling particularly lonely and in a swell of despair, do you think he hummed a soothing lyric to remind him that God was with him? Have you ever wondered if Jesus danced? And if so, what kind of dancer was he? Was he the kind uh, with just like the side to side sway, you know, at the parties where it's just, you're just here, you're just keeping it here. Or was he a bit more expressive in his dancing? Could he really break it down? I, I prefer to think the latter. You could say because his life was so unique and singular, he danced to the beat of his own drum. But was it really his drum? Or maybe it was God's drum. It was an ancient rhythm that he knew and fully embodied. He was sent to earth to put flesh on a rhythm that has gone on since the beginning of creation This ancient, steadfast heartbeat of God. A God who loves from the beginning of time to the end of time. And this rhythm, this heartbeat, this music became real in Christ. And it becomes real in us. 
if we have ears to hear. I think Jesus did sing because he grew up as a Jewish boy in the temple. And of course, he heard music. Of course, they sang. And they didn't sing the way that Life in Deep Ellum sings. They were woefully lacking in bass guitars. <laughs> oh, my. How did they worship? Oh, my gosh. feel so sad for them. Uh, but they, they did sing because they had this common rhythm. They had a common rhythm that grounded them. And their holy scripture itself was a song. Today we're studying the Psalms again. And believe it or not, the Psalms were sung. Did you know that? Before we had this bound book, which I mentioned last, last week became sort of a history book or a series of theological treatises or a litmus test for who is in and who is out. Before it was all that, it is a collection of songs and stories and letters. The Psalms were like hymns and words like Selah were a musical marker in the hymns. And if you've read the Psalms, or if you start to read the Psalms, uh, you can start today. (laughs) Uh, You'll see this word, Selah. And it serves as a rest between lyrics. Some say it means breath, but we don't actually know what it means. And one definition I like is that it means stop and listen. So in the middle of the hymn, in the middle of the scripture, in the middle of the story, the teaching, there is this refrain that says Selah, which means stop and listen. Not stop and memorize or stop and perfect and stop and understand. Stop and what? Listen. Listen. Listen, Hear. Feel the rhythm. The psalmist in our psalm today, Psalm 49, starts out with their own kind of Selah. Or stop and listen. The first words of the psalm are, hear this. Hear this, all you peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world. It's a universal call to listen. All people, not just some, all people are invited to listen. And it turns out that this holy rhythm of God is not reserved for just one group of people. The psalmist says, hear this, all you peoples, all inhabitants of the world. Okay, we're starting to hear the rhythm. We're starting to listen. Then the psalmist says, both low and high, rich and poor together. In the message, it's translated as the haves and the have-nots. All of us together. The music of God is so beyond wealth or class or status. You can try to get the VIP tickets or sit in the fancy booth, but you are hearing the same concert as the person on the back row. There are no VIPs when it comes to the sound of God, the music of God. There are no backstage passes. And some might claim to be going backstage and getting the autograph of Jesus and knowing all of the ways. But the psalmist teaches us and reminds us 
that there are no backstage passes for God's music, for God's rhythm. We all have access to this sound. And if they claim to be backstage friends with backstage passes, I wonder if they need a night on the back row of the arena. Because even there, the beat, the rhythm of God can reach you too. The psalmist goes on to say, My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the harp. Does this sound like how faith has been portrayed to you? A process. A beautiful experience that involves all of your senses. We don't often hear Christians say, Let me go incline my ear to a proverb before I get back to you on that. But what if they did? What if they spent more time with wisdom before churning out answers and stances and judgments that affect so many people? Instead, we, we often hear Christians give immediate answers, foolproof stances that don't budge. They don't have the time to incline their ears or solve riddles to the music of the harp. I will be honest, I don't love the idea of solving any kind of riddle with the music of a harp. I think I would look a bit silly doing that. And that's part of this dance we have with this ancient text. It is so very ancient, and yet it still speaks today. But harp or not, what I hear the psalmist doing is seeking out a rhythm greater than themselves. The ancient pulse of God. The ancient heartbeat of a God that loves. They have to sync up. To something bigger. They don't have the answers on their own. They need access to God's greater sound. And this is so important, friends. This is how we do faith. We don't have the answers on our own. We don't need a faith to be about answers at all. We simply need to stop and listen. To feel the rhythm of God and begin to move with it. Because what happens when you actually start to feel the rhythm? Does your body stay the same? Unless you have actually no rhythm and you're just like a frozen person at the party. Like, Eventually, eventually, you cave. And your body starts to move. And you start to groove. You are changed, you are shifted, your relationships change, your opinions change, the way you treat others changes because you're starting to groove to a different rhythm. You've changed. We need to be brave enough to incline our ears to the music God is making among us, the Proverbs God is singing. The heartbeat of a love that endures forever. 
Maybe you yourself have a riddle you have been trying to solve, a question that you cannot answer, a dilemma or situation that is exhausting you and you need relief. And some would say, well, why don't you just pray about that? But I invite you to pray in a different way. Try the way of the psalmist. Try solving your riddle with music. Try praying with an instrument or with an album. Or maybe just listen to the rhythm of your own breath. It turns out this is a very biblical way to pray. The psalmist is teaching us. The psalmist then says, Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of my persecutors surrounds me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches? Truly no ransom avails for one's life. There is no price one can give to God for it. For the ransom of life is costly and can never suffice. That one should live on forever and never see death. Now this is a riddle and I had to take my time with this part of the riddle because it's a little hard to understand. I couldn't solve it easily or really solve it at all. But essentially what I gather from this part of Psalm 49 is this. Life is a gift. It's a gift to you. We don't earn it or pay for it. And there's no amount of money or work or power that can extend the amount of time we have on this earth. It's a gift to you, a pure gift. As India Ari sang to me this morning in the song, There's Hope, this is what she says. Listen to this. It doesn't cost a thing to smile. You don't have to pay to laugh. You better thank God for that. There's hope. That sounds like hope to me. A radical message for a world that longs for powerful immortality. Doesn't this world often try to put a price tag on this one precious life? As if life itself is anything but grace to us. Our lives become patterns of consumer spending or donor units or statistics or demographics. And we forget the preciousness of this one life that we have. And oftentimes we live in a culture that will do anything to elongate life and youthfulness. The culture wants us to live forever and also have plump lips and a thin waist and no wrinkles in Botox we do trust. Come on, that's a little bit Dallas, and y'all know it. (laughs) They don't do that in Arkansas, okay? This culture tells us to live forever, but it never teaches us how to truly live. Because true life, as this song, this psalm tells us, true life is not about wealth or riches. The psalmist knows this. True abundant life is not about anything you can own. Because everything comes from God. Everything. 
I wonder if God laughs a bit at our copyrights and the rights to music and who owns this and who owns that. And the music industry has all kinds of ways of claiming the ownership of music. And boy, can it get tricky when there is a debate about copyright infringement. Did this catchy hook sound a little too similar to this song? Did they steal the beat? Not to say that the creative license of artists is not important. Don't hear me say that. But perhaps God smiles and thinks, wow, as if anything could truly belong to them. We have lost touch with the rhythm. We must remember it. We must be a people that shows the world that human life and every living thing is precious to God. And so it should be precious to us. And just because it doesn't last forever doesn't mean it shouldn't be treated with dignity and care. There's a fragility to life that the psalmist knows, but that doesn't mean that there should be a lack of care. And this is what happens when you sync up with the rhythm of God. You become willing to adjust to the pace of God. And that's going to be different than your pace. Okay? This is not a solo. Church is not a place where you get to come and sing your solo. You get to express your gifts. You get to glorify God with your gifts. Yes, you sure do. Amen. But listen here, it's, it's not about just you. And we all have different tastes in music, right? We all have different styles that we prefer. And we're kind of like personal about that and touchy maybe. But when we come to church, when we come to this space, the gathering... We're willing to flex. We're willing to shift. We're willing to bring our preferences and lay them down at the feet of Christ and be changed. We're willing to become part of a greater sound together. And it's a sound that this world needs. It's a sound that this neighborhood needs. I was walking through Blue's Alley. I I stumbled upon Blue's Alley. And this will be a much larger part of the series later on. We'll get to the blues part of Rhythm and Blues. But I noticed as I was walking through this alley how unique this place is. How rich the history is. And if the walls could talk, if the walls of Blue's Alley could talk, what would they say? We have to be willing to listen. To stop and listen to what God is saying, even right around us in this very neighborhood. May we be a people who are willing to adjust, who are willing to bring our preferences 
and yet also remain open-handed. Remain willing to groove, to move with God. May we be a people who pace our lives with God's goodness. May we mark our time with the beat of love. So that others around us, they start to hear. They start to hear what we sound like together. May we be willing to follow the musical instruction of Selah. Stop and listen. We will slow down when the world says speed up. We will speed up with urgency to fight for issues of injustice that the world says, oh, slow down, it can wait. The rhythm of God. We will groove with God. We will grow in love. We will follow Christ. We will incline our ears to God. We will meditate our hearts. We will solve our riddles to the music of some instrument. Maybe the harp, maybe not. (laughs) We will learn to listen. We will learn to listen to ourselves, to the wisdom here, to the wisdom in community, and the wisdom from God. And if we begin to practice listening, if we begin this work, because it's going to be hard. Your own beat, your own dancing to the drum of your own beat of your own drum is easier, right? But what happens when your arms get tired? Can you really dance to the beat of your own drum forever? And can you really dance and beat a drum at the same time? I, how has no one ever talked about this? Like, that sounds really impossible. You can't do it. You need a bigger rhythm. You need something beyond just you. If we begin this very difficult work of practicing listening, tuning in to the way of Christ, syncing up to God's great rhythm, we will begin to recognize this sound. If we begin to practice listening, and I want you to practice this this week, when you're ready to speak, when you're ready to know, when you're ready to numb, I want you to practice listening. When you're ready to be frozen in fear, I want you to let the rhythm of God start to shake you loose. When you're going too fast, When you're running out the door, I want you to let the rhythm of God start to slow you down. If we begin to practice listening, tuning in, syncing up to God's great rhythm, we'll get better and better like any practice. And we'll start to recognize the rhythm. It'll get easier. This rhythm that can change everything, that can change this world, that can make this world have hope again, that can make people feel loved by God and seen for exactly who they are. 
this love, this great rhythm that could shift everything, it's up to you to start to move with it. It's up to us to listen. And as we practice, as we grow in our ability to hear the voice of God and to know which way to move, we will begin to recognize this great sound and we'll distinguish it from other sounds in the world. It'll sound different. It will be like music to our ears. Amen.